Is traditional medicine given the enough recognition for the role that it plays in South African society? And now we really, really would love to hear your views on this. 0891-104208, that's the number you can call in on. Uh, you can also SMS us on 34701, tweet or Facebook, AM Live on SAFM. That question we're asking you again, is traditional medicine given enough recognition for the role that it plays in South Africa and how do you think it should change in the event that you believe that perhaps it is not uh, receiving sufficient recognition if you think it does you know what would you like to see changed anyway do you think uh, that uh, the uh, traditional healing methods are safe what are your concerns around that if any at all would love to hear from you this morning our guests are Goko Moyo who is a Sangoma she joins us on is this something that you actually make use of when we hear stats like 80% of South African citizens using traditional healers as their primary source of health care do you uh, make up some of that 80%? Is this something that uh, you actually subscribe to? Or is it something that uh, for you is somewhere off, you know, uh, way off the line? Do you even consider it at every and at any given point? Given the fact now that uh, we know that uh, Sangomas, uh, traditional healers can actually issue medical certificates. Are there more people who are now using this as uh, the only way, perhaps, of getting treatment for ailments that they may suffer from? Love to hear your views on all of these matters this morning. That question again, is traditional medicine given enough recognition for the role that it plays in South Africa? Let's just try those lines again. Gogomoya, uh, good morning. Tell us, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. And thanks for speaking to us this morning. So perhaps we can just get straight to it. Do you think that traditional uh, healers and traditional medicine in the South African context is given enough recognition? Thanks for the question. And no, I really don't think that it is. For one, the stigma against traditional healers or anything that has to do with um, our culture, people don't embrace it. Just like how we stepped into the, the month of, our, of celebrating our heritage, there's going to be very few things done by the youth per se in, uh, in, in celebrating this time and getting to know about themselves in comparison to going to holy uh, festivals and something that we know nothing about. So ultimately, our medicines are not recognized, they're not respected. Um, even the people who are dispensing their medicines, the healers themselves, they're seen as people who are chances, who are not real, or anything like that. So a lot of the stigma around traditional healing and its practices are not respected or given the kind of credibility that, that, that it needs. Where do you think um, that skepticism arises from, though, and do you think that it is justified? I think it all comes from the fact that there's in the world there's just half and half of everything, half of good and half of bad. And regardless of whether I could be a really good healer and have the good morals of, and know how to take care of, 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 of the human being next to me and, and want wellness for them, there's also someone who's trying to make a quick buck. So half, and, like half of the time people just base one decision on a story that has been widespread, whereas a good healer practicing good medicine and looking out for other people is not necessarily, it's not a, it's not a story, so it's not sensationalized. So that's mainly where it comes from, how we, how people in, in, in the right platforms 
talk about traditional healing and its practices and what good it has for the community at large. Marcus Lowe from the Treatment Action Campaign, what's your view on this matter? Well, in, in our view, traditional healers can play either a positive or a negative role in, in our struggle against HIV and tuberculosis and so on. Um, what, what is certainly harmful is when traditional healers encourage people not to take proven treatments like ARVs or tuberculosis treatments. Um, on the other hand, in you know, a lot of parts of the country, traditional healers are now working with the health system. So they are trained to kind of identify people who might have HIV or TB and then to refer them to the health system. So that we're certainly in favor of because they're, they're kind of bringing people into care and they're helping to save lives. Um, as so, for medicine, mm-hmm. it's, it's a bit more complicated because you know, there are a lot of quacks out there, and I'm not saying every traditional healer is a quack, but there are a lot of people selling medicines that are not proven to work, um, and people take these medicines instead of ARB, and, you know, they don't get better, and certainly not from serious diseases like HIV and TB. Um, so that's a very serious concern that a lot of people are misled into taking treatments that don't, just don't work in general. Are you saying, therefore, that, um, you know, traditional medicine is only useful in as far as, um, you know, proven treatments are concerned, and that would suggest that uh, as far as it can work in uh, conjunction with Western medicine? Yeah, the, the most important thing is not to stop taking proven treatment. If someone wants to take additional traditional, of course, it's their right to, to take just traditional medicine if they like. But I think from the side of the state, you know, we have to encourage people to to use medicines that we know work. Um, And those are the ones that have been through clinical trials, et cetera. Mm. And many of those used to be traditional medicines. That's another interesting thing that, um, you know, some of the most effective malaria treatments we now have um, used to be old, old Chinese traditional medicines. But they went through a period of testing where we now know exactly what dose we need, etc. So we can treat people more effectively than if we just gave them some tree bark or whatever. Now, I want to pick up on something that uh, Gogo Moyo uh, spoke about earlier. She spoke about the stigma that uh, invariably gets attached to traditional uh, healers and traditional medicine. And then you spoke about quacks. Now, surely quacks are everywhere. Yes, quacks are everywhere. In the difficulty in South Africa is that because there are cultural sensitivities around traditional healers, um, quacks often take on the mantle of traditional healers, mm. um, and they use that cultural legitimacy to sell their, you know, to sell their quack product. Now, again, I'm not saying all, certainly not all traditional healers are doing this. That would be an unfair accusation, but. You know, we've, we've seen this a lot, especially in rural areas. In Pazula Natal, we've had many cases where people are sold these um, things like ubujane, kind of a weird concoction that they say is a traditional medicine, but it's really just, you know, something a guy makes in his garage and sells to thousands of people.
Mm. And then, uh, you know, once we start going down the route of naming, I see we've already got a tweet here talking about uh, some of those. Um, Kord GP says, I don't trust Vugasale, let alone Stameta. I trust uh, Mothonyane. Uh, though it's for flu, it works. Aloe plants also works and so on and so forth. But uh, just coming back to um, the more salient point there, uh, Gogomoyo, about the quacks, about the charlatans who are out there parading as traditional healers and how negatively they impact on the work that good healers are doing. You know, this thing is affecting a lot of um, legitimate healers because, for one, um, I have a couple of stories where there's one particular picture I use on my social platforms and one person is able to just save the picture and use it in an advert in a, in a, in a magazine, in, in a newspaper. And there is no verification of whether this person is legitimately who they say they are or whatever the case is. And it's just as simple as that, that someone could could use traditional healing and the goodness of it and and the teachings behind it and just carry on with it and promise people that they can do x y and z whereas they know nothing about being a healer themselves they they're using what they know from other healers and take advantage of that and that's how it gets to be so widespread and there's very little we can do about it because even our organizations who are supposed to hold us and 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 kind of accredit us are also trying to push their own agendas there should be a system in where once I, I, I get out of my training, uh, already by the person who's training me, I should leave the, that place with a certificate. And by the time I get to my own practice, there should be even like a like a library full of, of names of accredited healers in South Africa and their specialities. Not just people just cropping up every day and saying that I'm a healer and have nothing to support it. And unfortunately, um, even when you do want to get a certification, you find that the process is so long, it's so very irrelevant. People are just always trying to suss each other out and not necessarily trying to get to accredit, uh, giving people accreditation and making sure that South Africa has the a great quality healers. I mean, traditional healing wouldn't have survived for so many decades and so many years if it wasn't relevant. As much as uh, the gentleman, uh, the guest that you're speaking with as well, mentioned that some of um, the medicines that they could, uh, that heals malaria comes from Asian um, and Chinese um, heritage. It's part of the whole thing because also in my heritage, there's many medicines that can heal a lot of ailments today, but I would never ask one of my clients to stop using the ARVs or any other medication that they're on um, because ultimately I'm a healer that deals with, with spirit and, and holistic healing. I'm not a, a doctor that deals with, with your blood sample and, and how your sugar levels are. Um, and the moment that the two worlds come together and I as a healer get to be taught how to administer certain medicines to a person with diabetes or, or, or depression or stuff like that, that's only where the two can actually marry. But until then, we're always going to be on, on opposing sides. Mm, you talk about a long, irrelevant process um, uh, in order to even receive some form of accreditation. Talk to us about that. What does that entail? Um, it's very different also uh, from, from group to group because in some of the other groups that I have wanted to be a part of so I could get my accreditation, uh, you find that uh, they take you with the clang that you belong to the group that you were raised in and then you have to go uh, to some kind of like meeting area with other clans and you're supposed to almost it's almost as if you have to contend against each other to see uh, who's the most learned or, or, or who knows how much of, of what they've been trained 
and like trying to find out what's missing in that certain individual, how they could be taught more, or what other ways can we teach them and get the information to them. And um, there's also a lot of money involved uh, having to do with your teachers and the people who actually give out these accreditations. It's, it's just, it's, it's a very long process and, and very unnecessary because I, I wish it, would, it was possible for me to just go onto a website um, like uh, the organization's website, and just have to register myself, and and that and that process could be just as easy as that without having to involve so many other parties necessarily. Mm. But what about uh, the consumer then? How is the consumer protected? Because anyone can then just claim to be a traditional healer. How do you know that the person uh, you are actually consulting with actually has the right to be administering any sort of uh, uh, medicine or whatever else they may prescribe to you? That is a very big concern even for myself as a healer because even when I try to get um, mentorship from other healers I will never know if this person is really accredited or is legitimate in any way and the same way for, for people, for, for our clients that come to see us um, at the moment all they could really go on is, is just hope and faith and just believe that this person is real in terms of the things that the, the information that's being shared to them does it make sense to them is everything that they that this person is saying to them possible i think it's more about um what we what you get from the healer more than you actually walk in uh, and find a certificate and that's very rare there's very few pe- uh, healers especially it's actually more the older healers that have more accreditation than the younger healers and some of the other ones don't have any accreditation at all and that's what makes it impossible for someone to be able to differentiate between a qualified one and a person that does not have any training at all. And Marcus, obviously also of concern would be, you know, the ethical framework under which uh, traditional uh, healers would actually work. What are your views on that? Well, yeah, our concern is really for the patient um, in the first place. So. You know, if you're diabetic with HIV or you have something horrible like drug-resistant TB, something like that, then, I mean, it's understandable that you're going to feel very desperate and you're going to try whatever you can. Um, and given the state of public health system is, then you might go to the clinic and then you'll have to stand in a queue for three or four hours and, you know, the nurse might be rude to you. So, you know, there are a lot of people out there who are very... Um, understand to be very vulnerable to exploitation and that we have to protect make sure they are protected so you know i think it's good to have some kind of regulation of um, traditional healers but what exactly that looks like is a very difficult question Mm. Um, you know from our side the emphasis should be in creating a link between them and the health care system so that they can refer um, patients in a responsible way but then they can continue to provide support to um, patients who need it, which would often be psychological support, would be more culturally sensitive, um, which is something people don't really get in the healthcare system. Well, listening to the views expressed here this morning, what's your take? We are asking you on the forum at 8 this morning, is traditional medicine given enough recognition for the role that it plays in South Africa? What are your views on that? 891 is the number to dial. Let's speak to Bruce, who's calling us from Randburg. Good morning, Bruce. Yeah, 